gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barn Dominium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, and he just dives in. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show. Live from the Signorama Studios, they are the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. And if you can look over my shoulder, that sign will look pretty good tomorrow. We'll give you a weather update, though, in just a moment. That is just some of the artwork, and it's fantastic work by Matt Vaughn and his team at Signorama in West Columbia. That is why the Gamecocks use them, and so do we. If you need a sign for a business, if you need a sign for pretty much anything, maybe you even need a car wrapped, signorama.com. Built by the Barn Doco, the barndominiumco.com, building dream homes for as low as $160 per square foot in four states right now, the Carolinas, Georgia, and in Tennessee. If you met Alicia last weekend, you figured out quickly why they're good at what they do because they've got good people, the barndominiumco.com. And of course, it's a football weekend. Why not serve up your tailgate with chicken cock whiskey while you're getting ready to walk into the most beautiful ballpark in the country tomorrow? That would be williams Bryce Stadium in the capital city of South Carolina. I know I'll have it at my tailgate. I hope you will, too. Chicken cock whiskey. You can find it by going in the Chief Sports app. Click on the chicken cock challenge. Make sure you post your photo when you buy a bottle, and we're going to be sending gifts out for that soon. And then also just click the little find button find find chicken cock button and you can find a bottle near you to purchase for your tailgate tomorrow or just to have at home if you'll be watching football from your couch jc jb and phil we will be joined by michael flint believe it or not at noon today he was supposed to join us last week and got an emergency work phone call good news he lived through it so he'll be here today and then the rest of the season as well to preview the final 11 regular season games and hopefully a bowl game Carolina Falls, of course, last week against North Carolina, but looking to pick up their first win of the season against the FCS sixth-ranked Furman Paladins tomorrow night. We will preview plenty of that. We'll take a drive around the SEC. We'll make our game picks. Uh, Meredith Taylor will join us today. We haven't talked to Meredith in a while. Patrick Davis went 9-2 and last week, boys and girls. And Phil tried to short me and Patrick Davis a win. Because we both picked Duke to upset Clemson, and he couldn't believe that we did. Go to the tape. 
The only dip, the only thing that was wrong is I picked the Devils to win 75 to 3. And they didn't quite get there. With all that said, Bill, I like your shirt. I'm wearing the same one. JC, we're all representing Perry at Britain's today. Uh, and uh, if you're going to be in Columbia or if you are and you want to look really freaking good on game day, check these suckers out. Make sure you head to Britain's on Divine. What's up? Well, what I can say is these shirts are not only – they don't they not only look good, but they're durable. <laughs> they the, – Oh. They are made to last, <laughs> including including when you fall off a scooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was in this shirt, and you can't tell it. Yeah, so, and the blood comes right out. That's how like durable they are. Everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, they're expensive." I was like, "Well, you know what? It's a, it, you're going to have it for a long time." <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no question about that. Um, as a matter of fact, tonight is Daddy Daughter Date Night in our home, and. Oh. Um, and we are so I, I this is a this is a the, the beginning of what is probably going to be about a 10 to 11 year long training seminar in the Bradford household. And uh, what I'll do is I will I'll shower and get, you know, myself looking good and I'll leave and then I'll come back and I will pull up to the front of the house and I'll knock on the door. And I'll invite my little girls to uh, come to dinner with me, and I'll give them some flowers and some hugs and kisses, and open the door for them, and let them get in the truck, and shut the door, and walk them in, and have the waiters treat them well in the whole nine yards. So when they turn fifteen, sixteen years old, and some jackass walks up to the door and doesn't do the things that Dad's been doing for the last ten or eleven years, that'll be the last time we see him. We won't have to worry about it. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to start doing that once a month today, all the way for the next decade. So if you have any thoughts or prayers left in your bag, send them my way, please. First, first of all, don't make me cry. Me, right, Jamie, I know, geez, right, man. Uh, second, well, oh, no, I didn't I didn't mean it like that. I, I mean, it's, 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 it's like that that daddy does the country song, that "My Little Girl" by Tim McGraw, or "Mama, Daddy, taking him fishing." She's only two years old. Don't get mucked. That one, you get all up in my feelings. But what's interesting about what you just said, I was just talking to a friend of mine. Apparently now they have prom in the fall in Columbia schools for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why they have it in the fall. But, uh, you know, weekend of the Georgia game, his daughter is going to prom. And uh, he's like, why don't you come out? We'll have some ribs or whatever. He's making these ribs or or whatever. Because we were going to go to the lake that weekend, but that got pushed back because my trip back to Columbia got pushed back. Uh, And and so I'm like, all right, well, how about when her date shows up, we reenact Bad Boys 2. Do y'all remember that scene from oh, Bad Boys I, do. <laughs> I rehearse that all the time. Who laughed for you? Yeah. And then Will Smith comes around the corner with the bottle of Ripple or whatever, and he's just like, ah, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny you brought that up, man. I was like, that is uh, – it's just ironic. I was sitting there watching that uh, about 15 minutes ago. So Yeah, no, that's <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in movies. Uh, Ever, yes. Certainly can't repeat some of it here, but uh, uh, I really no. understand what you're saying. Dude. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. Uh, so, yep. Yeah, so my my point was, I'll be wearing uh, probably not this one. I'll probably switch to my other Britain shirt tonight because it's a it's a it's a nice date. We're going to we're gonna have a nice date. So, 
Uh, that is uh, thanks to Perry for providing my outfit. Is is what we'll say there. Um, by the way, we have fourteen games to pick today because there are some. Now I don't know what this is. Opioid dose con- dose conversions. I'm pretty sure my wife printed something out on my computer because I don't think that has anything to do with uh, college football today. So we'll set that back here. (laughs) All right. Um, So we have we have history with your show today. (laughs) Yeah, we we before we get into the uh, before we get into some of the news notes and nuggets uh, about the ball game tomorrow um, and things of that nature, though, boys and girls, uh, how about the fact that this week is an interesting week in college football and and you don't really have to go much further than the slate of games that we'll pick today of those 14 but how does this sound Big 10 at Big 12 SEC at ACC partial ACC at ACC Pac 12 at Big 12 Big 12 at Pac 12 SEC at AAC SEC at ACC, Big Ten at Big 12, Big 12 at ACC, Big 12 at SEC, Pac-12 at Big 12, Big 12 at Mountain West, SEC at Pac-12. The conferences, I, I like these games, guys, and and there are a lot of interesting games in here, and there's more examples of that out there. That, that Those are just some of the ones that we'll pick today, of course, but um, – I, I like the fact that there's a lot of Power Five crossover games, and and as conference conferences grow, as we've seen, and as uh, conference schedules increase, nine games, maybe ten games, and things of that nature, we love that. We love to see all the teams in our league. I don't think that right now the SEC. I think it, they've done a pretty poor job for a long time. It making sure that uh, everybody gets around to seeing each other, especially for kids who spend three and four years at a school and they don't get to play in some of these campuses. That's a sin. But I don't want games like this to go away. And I think these are really unique weekends in college football. Yeah, I know. And as you know, you think as conferences expand and they're going to add conference games, that some of this is going to go away. But you hope it doesn't. I mean, at least a couple of weeks a year. You know, play one cupcake and then play somebody cross division, you know, cross conference opponents. I don't know. You got some interesting ones. Like some of these make sense. Uh, You know, others are just kind of out of the blue. (laughs) You know, it was like, I like, you know, like Cincinnati and Pitt. Like I I can see that. You got some proximity there. Um, You know, Texas and Bama, that's a home and home that was set up years ago. Uh, But then you got like Auburn and Cal. Right. Where does that come from? Well, you know, and, and that's what we talked about a lot about that game yeah. in the offseason. We're going to pick that game. Have you, have you either of you seen the spread on it? Oh, I don't know. Is it tighter than it should it's, be? It's not the slam dunk that a lot of people are thinking that it might be. Auburn's only a six and a half favorite in that ball game. Uh, and the over under, and it's 54 and a half. You know, Cal did win last week. So did Auburn, of course, in Hugh Freeze's debut. And uh, for those that are wanting to see what could happen out there in Berkeley, you get a chance because it won't kick off until 1030 tonight, essentially around the time that the Carolina game is ending. If you, of course, will be either at or watching that ball game. So, yeah, it's it's 
I, I ESPN has Auburn and Cal at ten thirty tonight. Fox has Stanford and Southern Cal. Southern Cal is going to beat the brakes off of Stanford. So if you're looking for a late night game, that's probably the one that you'll want to watch. Or the Tigers taking the trip out west. I, oh, I yeah, said I, this. I agree with you, Phil. Why play the game? Why play that series? You're Auburn. You don't need it. You don't need. You don't it, need it. Going. Yeah. I tell you this. I would love to be at the tailgate. Yes. Uh, that's, I, said, I, I said it on JC and Morgan yesterday, <laughs> maybe during the power hour, those Aaron Tuscaloosa, those guys, man, they're going to be sitting there going, War Eagle. What, what, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's the, there's a man taking a dump by the tree over there with the, looks like a hippie. My goodness. Dude, it, it, it's, it's almost as good as my dream when they were talking about having the college football playoff championship game in Minneapolis. At that time, Auburn and Alabama were really good. So it's like, conceivably, we could have an Auburn-Bama matchup in Minneapolis in January. Could sure. you hear Feinbaum? These people in the RV. Hi, this is Rex from Mobile. I'm in an RV going 65, 35 north, about 40 miles or 15 feet of snow on the ground. I ain't never seen nothing like this before, Paul. <laughs> War Eagle. All I brought was my jacket. Oh. I mean, you're out in the pub. I mean, they do have a they do would play at a dumb stadium, but that I mean they'd be out there freezing, uh, or in the Mall of America. Most of sit here in this Mall of America next to this Chick Fil A and tailgate. War Eagle. I, I I think speak it, it, you now that you're on the topic of tailgate. I mean, you're talking about Auburn at Cal. All right, so here's one for you, JC. Uh, which you have to pick between one. You're going to get a free trip this weekend. We're sending you all expenses paid. Are you going to the Auburn at Cal game for the tailgate and the ball game, or would you rather be at Vandy at Wake Forest? I'd rather be at Auburn Cal because yeah. I've, I've been to Strawberry Canyons before. Uh, that's what they call the stadium at, or the area around the stadium at Berkeley or Berkeley in general. I've just never been to a game. Uh, and they they read, read they actually spent two hundred million dollars, which sucks. The Pac twelve dissolved, right? Uh, two hundred million redoing their stadium, making it retrofitting it for earthquakes. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a good setting. It, the, the stadium's kind of like the Rose Bowl. It's a, it's a big, big, big bowl kind of down in the ground. Uh, and I just want to look at the look on the Auburn fans' face because, like I said, you go to Palo Alto, it's nice. It looks like a like a pristine golf course. Sure. It's, the, the weather's beautiful. It's 65. Uh, you know, it's right there. It's the, near Silicon Valley, kind of between San Francisco, San Jose. Uh, people, right, I mean, the people that ruin our lives every day in Silicon Valley, those, it, those folks. Those folks. But, uh, <laughs> but they also give us the gift of StreamYard and YouTube, right? Well, that's uh, true. But, uh, I mean, it's. They take it away whenever they feel like it. Stanford is a pristine campus. They used to have an 85,000-seat stadium. Yeah. They played the Super Bowl there one time. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and I've been out there both old and new for Nike camps, whatever. Well, then you go to Berkeley. And you got to go through Oakland to get there. First time I went to Berkeley, I went to this school called Oakland Tech. Uh, and uh, the weight room's about the size of my dining room. All these people are there working out. Marshawn Lynch pulls up. <laughs> this was like 05. Really my first road trip for Rivals was out to the Bay Area. And then you go wandering through the hills, and it looks like 1969 happened, and then everybody just stopped progressing. <laughs> People walking around in tie-dyed Birkenstocks, dirty. Uh, it, it, the buildings haven't been updated. I mean, it just like the land time forgot. 
at Berkeley. And I'm sure it's, I mean, that was 20 years ago. So I'm sure it's worse now because San Francisco is a lot worse now and it's the same area. So I'm just looking forward, very much so looking forward to uh, the Auburn. I mean, Auburn, think about that. That's a culture clash right there. I, I was like, that's going to be, that's going to be hilarious because they're going to, they're going to get out there and, and find a spot on campus and start tailgating. And, you know, one of them's going to accidentally drop a beer can on the ground and they're going to get fined by the environmentalists. <laughs> that's a good they're, point. They're, they're that's some, happen, yeah. One of them's going to have a plastic straw drinking their martini or whatever, or their, their goose and water. And they're going to get fined. Fire up a grill and get there, fined for emissions. There's going to be a daggum protest because they're cooking meat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That could happen you know, too. I mean, it, it's, it's, that's the, that may be the weirdest outside of Texas A&M showing up out there. Yeah. Which well, could, you, ha- could happen if A&M had joined the Pac-12 10 years. You wonder how many Auburn fans are driving out there as opposed to flying. I know if LSU was playing out there, there'd just be a lot of RVs heading across the country. That would be no hmm. problem for them. Uh, Auburn doesn't have quite the caravan that the Tigers do when it comes to the RV crowd, although they have a large one. Hats off to Auburn fans; they're tremendous. But um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting atmosphere. There's a lot of interesting games being played this weekend, JC, and we're uh, we're going to get to pick them, and we also will get to talk about the debut of the much anticipated CW Network tomorrow night at six thirty from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as they welcome the Bearcats of Cincinnati to town to take on Pitt. Uh, can't wait for that. Their promo I, video, I, sure, you know, you'd think they're ESPN. Maybe they maybe they will be one day. Did, did Lorelai Gilmore, was she up there? Did they say CW football? It's supernatural. Did no. Uh, anyway, yeah, my, my, my ex-wife and now current fiance put me through hell with the CW shows. I, I, I It was so bad back then. Uh, first wife, uh, and, and and I like this about her. It wasn't. It's not a criticism. This is not not another reason that didn't work out. But by the time it was over, I like was sad when the last episode of Gilmore Girls came on because I got hooked for some reason. And it, it's a weird, quirky show because the dialogue is at like one and one four speed. It's like they go. It's almost like watching a uh, uh, who's the Wes Anderson movie, which I hate all of them. Uh, by the way, they suck. The, the Life Aquatic sucked. Uh, all of them suck. And then it's, it's it hated because Bill Murray's in most of them. And he's great, but they all suck. So it's almost like that. But I got into it somehow. And I had empathy for some of the characters. And uh, anyway, so yeah, I can't wait to see that. Uh, by the way, I'm mad at Pitt and Cincinnati because they had a a a trophy for this game, like the Riverboat Trophy or something. Because I guess the the Ohio River or the river or whatever goes uh, between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Y'all remember Apocalypse Now? Are you near the river? The Ohio River, sir? <laughs> every, every time I cross the Ohio River, I'm like, the Ohio River, sir? Uh, anyway, so they had a trophy, and they they did away with it. And I'm like, of all the crap, well, we got we got three bi-coastal conferences now, almost. I mean, look, Big 12's in Arizona now. That's Pacific time zone half the year, right? We got three major conferences that are all across the country with no rhyme or reason, with geography, whatever, you know, no tradition. Even the the mighty traditional Big Ten that has a trophy for every freaking game does it. I know Pitt and Cincinnati don't play a whole lot. One's ACC, one's Big Twelve. Why do away with the trophy? Why? 
They mutually agreed to do away with the trophy. I'm like, it's bad enough your two college football programs that exist in pro towns. And now you're going to do away with the trophy? You know, at least Cincinnati has its own stadium. Pitt has to play where the Steelers do, with the home of the terrible towel. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm pissed off at about it. I'm, just, I'm mad. And I like Pitt in Cincinnati. Why? Why, Eddie? Why? 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 I don't why? have an answer for you there, my man. Who knows? But never know. we'll do some research on that over the weekend, and we'll see what we can do to get the trophy brought back uh, for future pit in Cincinnati game. Yeah, somebody make a phone call. We will we will do that. Last night in the NFL, how about the Detroit Lions going That was a hell of a game, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) What a start to the season for the Lions. They're gonna be a fun team to watch. Twenty one to twenty, the final score after scoring a pair of touchdowns in the second half to take down the champs by one point it was a wonderful start jared golf by the way looked pretty good and uh the drop passes just crushed kansas city detroit up next the seattle seahawks coming up on september Every, everybody's heart here on west yeah. carefree drive and homer glenn's heart sank when we watched that because okay so if you look at the bears they got a lot of new players fields is in his third year they got a lot of help at receiver now including the Moore kid they got some help on the out. i mean they could be much improved right uh, and that division, you, you sit there and go, well, the Vikings are solid, but they're boring. And I think Dalvin Cook left, right? Uh, the the Packers are breaking in a new quarterback, which doesn't always, you know, I, I don't know. You know, yeah, I, Jordan Love, I, I don't know. Uh, so you look and you're like, who the hell is going to win this division? Yeah. And you go, Bears, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe Bears. Dick, Bears may win. And then, but, but lo and behold, Lo and behold, the Detroit Lions are historically – they have not been this good since Barry Sanders. No. And, by, and hats no. off to – by the way, I like Dan Campbell a whole lot. As a I coach. do, too. He gets yeah, a lot of crap not. from people, which is unfounded, yeah. but he's a great coach and a, a man's man and all that. Yeah, I can't say enough about him. I but, like man, him. they are good. They have mm-hmm. skill. They have a good defense. They're playing yeah. with confidence. You don't just waltz in to Arrowhead Stadium. No. And, and no. beat the Chiefs on the third in the Thursday night. You still waltz in there and do that, especially if did. you're the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they, I know they you're the in, Lions. They brought in, and you know what they've also done? They've brought in a lot of winners. They brought in a lot of kids who come from winning programs: Michigan, Alabama, places like that. They're used to winning football games, and that that's been the problem up there for a long, long time. Is it's a loser's atmosphere constantly, but maybe not anymore. And uh, so in honor of my mom and my granddad, the original Detroit Lions stadium that was ever built, my grandfather's electrical company lit the whole thing. They put all the wiring in it. So uh, so go Lions. I've been a closet fan, but I haven't been able to tell anybody that for a long time because they suck and nobody cares (laughs) around here. But if they're good this year, we'll be watching them. Every Sunday. Also, last night in college football, uh, just one game. Louisville now two and zero, four games shy of heading to a bowl game this year, fifty six to nothing over Murray State. I think Louisville's going to be really good this year, guys. After watching them get up off the mat against Tech, Jack Plummer's a good quarterback. That is their offense is explosive. Jeff Brown, obviously, very good play caller. He's home. Uh, Look, man, the ACC. 
I, I, I haven't said this this week here. I said it on J.C. Moore because I don't want to sound like there's any excuse for the Gamecocks last week and I'm pumping up the ACC. But, you know, I, we went over Notre Dame's schedule, right? And, you know, Notre Dame's got a – I think Notre Dame so far has been really, really good this year. Really – they like – to me, they remind me kind of the early Alabama teams under Saban. I mean, maybe not quite as fast on defense, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, – you know, I, I was looking at their schedule, and when we looked at it in the preseason, it's like, oh, well, they got three games they got to win. But now, uh, that's not the case. Listen to this. So, Notre Dame played week zero. They don't have an off week until October 21st. All right, at NC State this weekend. Probably win. Not going to be easy. The Chippewas of Central Michigan come in. Okay, then Ohio State. The next week, they turn around and go to Duke. Yeah. The next week, they turn around and go to Louisville. Then the mm-hmm. next week, they host Southern Cal. I mean, that's all of a sudden shaping up to be a unexpected murderer's row for the Irish. Uh, good news for them if they win all those games, uh, even if they may stump their toe against Clemson later or Pitt or Wake Forest or whoever, uh, I think they can still get in the playoff. But, man, that that's after week one and now week two with Louisville, you know, that trajectory changes. And you look at the improvement Florida State's made. I'm still not sold on Miami, but I, I think obviously North Carolina is an improved team. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But, I, I, uh, I, yeah, Quantrill said ACC may be deeper than we think this year. I agree uh, with that. So Early uh, signs. Early signs. But, yeah, that's a, that was a good win by uh, by the Cardinals last night. And I thought beating, getting up off the mat, beating Tech was really good, too. So is your mom and your mom's family from the Detroit area? Is My that mom's right? is, yeah, originally. Well, yeah. that's why you look Italian. or, or the, That's where you get it from, right? Yeah, I have no Italian in me. None. Actually. <laughs> I, I, I look I look uh, Native American because my, my dad's side has Cherokee. Oh, yeah. Mine, too. That's why my brother looks Native American. That's why Cam's an Indian. Yeah, I'm one thirty fourth Cherokee Indian. Or, no, actually, uh, it's, my, it's my, my, my grandmother's mother's dad was uh, Cherokee yeah. Indian. Okay, well, I didn't know that because I, I knew some – there's a lot of Italian people in Detroit, so – Anyway. Yeah, no, we we're not uh, we're not anything Italian. Uh, yeah, Motor City, baby, I, that's cool. You know who else is a Lions fan? Axel Foley we, from Beverly Hills Cup. Well, that's that was fantastic Friday morning news. All right, we need to step aside. When we return, we'll get into the Gamecocks. We'll set the scene for what's to come at Williams Bryce Stadium tomorrow night. Plus, a look at some of the Friday night matchups, both in high school and college football. And then we'll take a drive around the SEC. We've got Michael Flint. Meredith Taylor will pick today our keys to the game. And I've got a nugget for y'all that's – I hope you're all feeling okay because if you're not, this is going to make you puke. Maybe it starts to get turned around this weekend. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, it's part of the Chief Sports Network, and the Chief Sports Network is proudly presented by the finest vodka you can find, Dixie Vodka. Get some. It's the weekend. We'll be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down in Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. 
If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Friday, September the 8th. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. Everybody drives golf carts around williams Bryce Stadium. Why not one of those? Take it with you if you're going to be tailgating and you want to go see a friend on the other side of the ballpark, go see Michelle first at Electric Bikes of Charleston. Again, electricbikescharleston.com. Before we get to the scene of... Um, of the ball game. And I know JC's got some things he wants to plug in here in just a minute as well from Park Ave. Any guesses on what league right now does not have a loss in college football? Pac 12. Pac 12. They have not lost in their final quarter, year. Quarterback wise, they're the best in the country. You know, it's, oh, it's, all a, it's a lot like the, like, okay, so in 2016, six ranked teams, by the way, the year Clemson won the champion, first championship of this decade. Uh, I thought the ACC was a better league than the SEC top to bottom just because of the quarterbacks. If you remember, 
You had Lamar Jackson that won the Heisman. You had Deshaun Watson that won the national championship. You had Mitch Trubisky, who was the number one pick. You had, uh, you know, the kid at Georgia Tech was Justin Thomas. You had a, uh, Jared Evans at Virginia Tech that won a division there. I think the kid from Duke, they ended up getting drafted high, was a young player for Duke. I mean, it went on and on and on. They they had really, really good quarterbacks. Nathan Peterman was at Pitt, mm-hmm. and he's still in the NFL. Um, and, and I kind of see this year for the Pac-12 similarly. Now, does that mean Southern Cal win the national championship or Oregon? Probably not. But, man, you're, you're talking about a lot of good QBs. Uh, I, I mean, look, I know D, DJ Ungalai or whatever had a good game for, for Oregon State the other day. I, we'll see how that turns out. But, uh, you know, I, I think besides him, I mean, you're talking about Michael Penix at Washington being awfully good. Uh, yeah, that, that, watch out for that league. That this, The swan song of the Pac-12 may, may end up being notorious. I remember the swan song for the Southwest Conference sucked. Because I think five different teams tied for the title, and they were all six and five. <laughs> but but oh. the, the Pac-12 may go out in a blaze of glory. Shot down in a blaze <laughs> of glory. Is, hey, look, that? I think we're seeing the effects right now, the transfer portal. It's uh, sure. College football is maybe a little bit different than we kind of had all anticipated. By the way, uh, almost all of them are transfers. I mean, Penix was from Indiana. Uh, Williams from, uh, of course, Oklahoma, uh, and then uh, Bo Nix from uh, Auburn, you know, uh, among others. Yeah. So. Speaking of Bo Nix, if anybody missed this, Oregon beat Portland State last week 81-7. to Maybe try not to play those games in the future. South Carolina and Furman will play tomorrow night at 7.30 on ESPN Plus and the SEC Network. John Schriffen, Rocky Boyman, they'll call it. But Don Davenport will be on the sidelines, and that is always good news. Don's really good at what she does. The Gamecock Sports Network, of course, will have it. Todd Ellis, Tommy Suggs, Chet Tucker on the sidelines himself for the Gamecock Sports Radio Network. Satellite radio on Sirius and XM, channel 138 or channel 206. This is officially, according to the university, a sellout. Included in those numbers, by the way, the most ever, over 17,000 students will be are scheduled to be at least in the game tomorrow night. Hats off to the Gamecock ticket office for allowing that many to get in there. They're, they should, if all the students will show up like they should. Will they is the question. Weather could be a hindrance in that. By the middle of the afternoon, you're talking about around 83 degrees, but a 70% chance of thunderstorms. That does dip to around 45 at kickoff or so. They feel like they can get the game in, and then it maybe will be picking up once it commences. But we'll be keeping an eye on that. Don't forget your rain jackets and your tents and an extra pair of clothes for the ride home. A win over Furman for the Gamecocks would improve South Carolina to 41-14 and in their last 55 non-conference games. It would also improve Carolina to 13-1 and against in-state. FCS opponents since the regular season was expanded to 12 games in 2006. It would improve Carolina to 37-6 and six in their last 43 games at home against non-conference foes. And South Carolina would also go to 53-4 and four against teams not currently in the Power 5 conference since the turn of the century. The Furman Carolina series is interesting. JC, I know you know all about this. Phil, you live up there around the Paladins. I know you know all about this as well. This is actually the 50th meeting on the gridiron between the two programs. 
the series dates back to 1892, and you look at it and you go, well, now, wait a second here. What? Carolina's just 28-20-1 all time? They're only 15-8-1 in Columbia? Mm-hmm. Times have changed in the last 130-plus years. The teams have only played twice since 1982. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? They're not far apart, but just twice since 1982. Both of those wins for Carolina, 38-19 to in the SEC East clinching season of 2010 and 41-10 to in 2014. Dylan Thompson, of course, had a big game there. He had a big game in every game he played that year, setting the passing record. But Spencer Rattler is going to attempt to break this season. Carolina has won 13 of the last 14 meetings between the two <clears throat> programs. That dates back to 1950. So only 14, now 15 contests in the last 73 years between these two programs. Every one of those wins has come by double digits. Furman's only win since 1949 came in 1982. So they don't play often, guys, but when they do, at least in all of our lifetimes, Carolina has taken care of business. And one other note here, I mentioned it last week. We have not mentioned it this week, but it needs to be mentioned. Xavier Leggett blew the doors off of South Carolina's record. The most receiving yards in a season opener in the history of the program was set in 1984 against the Citadel by the great Ira Hillary. No more. Xavier Leggett last week, 178 yards. He topped that by 32. So hats off to the Gamecocks, one of the top wide receivers in the program. Xavier's yeah. got 16 catches in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Looks good. I mean, really, you, you know, you talk about player development. That's been a, a topic uh, this week. There's there's an example. I mean, th- this guy's gotten better and better and better and better. Injuries kind of slowed him down early on in his career. Uh, he's shown the knack. And I think it goes back to that winning touchdown he caught against uh, Vanderbilt, I think, in 2021. His confidence since then has started to really slowly but surely get there. I mean, you guys notice even last year when he didn't play a whole lot, uh, and, and our man Tim Frisbee on Twitter, uh, Pops, we all know and love him, he mentioned he thought he was maybe a little uh, underutilized last season. And I, yeah, I'd have to go back and look to see if I agreed or disagreed there. But, you know, you, you went through the season and you turn around and every, every time you turn around in the game where Juice is doing his thing or Josh Van or, you know, Jalen Brooks or whoever, you turn around and all of a sudden Xavier Leggett makes this wow catch out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, he had the 100-yard kickoff return. So that gives him more confidence. Nobody in the program worked harder than Xavier Leggett this offseason either. Nobody. Um, and it was obvious no. when you saw his pictures of work. He like, we saw him in April. He didn't look like the Incredible Hulk then. He looked like Julio Jones then. He looks like <laughs> Julio Jones now. I mean, so, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I think if it, Juice has got to get back, man. You, you can't have one of these years where, a kid, again, this happens at Carolina sometimes. A guy's a breakout season. He comes back. And especially receiver, it happens quite a bit. Comes back the next year, just not quite as good. Even Sidney Rice between 05 and 06. Sidney's always pretty good, but in 06, just a little bit different, you know. Uh, Zion, uh, Zola Davis was like the big freshman year, and eh, it kind of fell off after that. Jamrell Kelly, big freshman year, eh, and then good as good as a senior, right? Um, 
you know, South Carolina, now Alshon Jeffrey was great the whole time, and a lot of the other ones were too. You know, South Carolina needs Juice Wells to be good. This can't be a, oh, he was great last year toward the end, and then, you know, he's just kind of, you know, he doesn't put up the numbers this year. They need, they need Juice back, full speed, ready to roll. And you start thinking about the combination of him and Xavier and the tight ends. And then Amarian Brown, I went back and looked. I, I He needs to be more clutch and catch that pass that he dropped. But he did make some good plays like that we're not accustomed to him doing, especially on the screen where he took it and accelerated and darted up, you know, and he did that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So keep getting that out of Amarian. Amarian catch the ball when, when you get an opportunity. Spank my butt and call me Susan. I think Luke Doty's going to end up catching a lot of passes for this team this year. I do too. Uh, I don't uh, know why that bothers so many people, though, JC. I, 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 mean, I, I don't. I don't either. Then, I mean, I, I uh, don't understand it. I, I thought he looked I agree really you, good. So. I, I thought yeah. he was really, really good at receiver. And I also think this. I mean, I think Nick Harbor is going to come on and make some plays because if you kind of read between the lines of what the coaches say, they're like, we need to get him back. We need to get him back. So. You know, you're starting to kind of look at a pretty good receiving core once to get back full speed. Uh, you just got to fix the other stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. Passing game could be pretty good, uh, you know. And, and you mentioned the Furman series. Uh, I, I did want to add this little nugget. The very first football game in South Carolina history was in Charleston. Charleston, yep. Against Furman. <laughs> I think Furman had had a team for about six years in the game. It's 44 nothing Paladins. Yeah, so yeah. Let's, let's go get some revenge for 1892. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we don't want to see that again. A 44 nothing's Paladin win tomorrow night. We might as well turn the lights off. Because How about we got to go back to? You got to get a time machine to go back to 1892. I think wasn't Clemson founded in 1890? So Clemson was a little baby school at that time. Um. Yeah, I think mean, yeah, they're 1890s. Right. There yeah. when Try they. Good. We, yeah. we don't, we don't need to like, get yeah. into why they were founded or anything that. That's why they're not wheelhouse for you know, why you would uh, start I want to, I, I want to, <laughs> uh, real quick here, too. I want to capitalize on what Phil was saying. Phil, I totally agree with you. I, I, I feel like there are those who look on and talk out of both sides of their mouth. They cannot believe that a guy like Luke Doty would be playing wide receiver. And then they also talk about the fact that, you know, not everybody, but you hear it from time to time, of course. Uh, that well, Justin Step, you know, he, he just hadn't impressed me much. What? Wait a second, he's just took a backup quarterback and made him one of the better wide receivers on the team. I'd say it's pretty good. That's number one. Number two, those are also the same people that really want to see Lenore Sellers play. Well, if Luke Duddy's playing wide receiver, you don't think that might make things a little bit easier for Sellers to get on the field? So, I mean, Fast you know, it's Sellers is for yeah. Doty to be an excellent receiver and think yeah. about it at the next level, like. There are plenty of guys, former quarterbacks, who move up to the NFL and play solid slot receivers. Yo, yeah, no them. doubt. Tons of them. And uh, of them. There, there's another Tons one from time. there's another one from Horry County. Uh, Luke's uh, was one of their rival schools. Myrtle Beach is like Georgia. Myrtle Beach High School. They have a lot of rivals: Conway, North Myrtle, Sockasty. Well, the quarterback Sockasty was one Hunter Renfro. All right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Like Nick Saban. All right. All right. You know, I mean, I just, uh, I, I, I thought he looked really smooth and good, and and it's not like he caught one pass and everybody's like, oh, you looked smooth and good there on the one pass there, Luke. I mean, he he did it. Went back, got some. He came back for some more. and there's a difference here too because three years ago, Luke Doty was being entertained a wide receiver out of necessity. 
Yeah. That's not the case right now. They have wide receivers. Luke Doty is being entertained a wide receiver because he can play the position and he's an athlete. And 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 so there's there's a stark contrast between kind of what happened a couple of years back and what's going on now with Luke. And hats off to him, by the way, for saying, just put me on the field. Um, you know, I want I want to play football. Yeah, I want to correct Corey here. A freshman got all the NIL funds just for Doty to play over him. That's not true. I, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Are, are you talking about Nick Harbor? Nick Nick's shoulder was in a sling for most of the preseason. That's A. B, they play different positions. Nick's an outside receiver that they move in sometimes as they split tight end. Luke is a pure slot. So if you're talking about Luke versus Eddie Lewis or Amari and Brown, that's a valid comparison. Uh, also, Nick Harbor, the vast and – and I read this today. This drives me crazy. Maybe that should have spent an IL money on Nick Harbor. Should have given somewhere else. Jesus, guys. He just the, the, no, number one. Number one. The 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 the, the straight cash deal. Every, everybody thinks Oregon was giving him this Nike deal. That wasn't true. It was their collective. The Phil Knight's a part of it, but there were they. The, he wasn't going to be. In the uh, the the bump 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 that that commercial the Nike commercial he wouldn't give me the Nike commercial and I had nothing to do, technically had nothing to do with it other than Phil Knight okay <laughs> that was number one there was just a wad of cash on the table and it's track and field heaven that's that's a so South Carolina didn't even they couldn't do that right that's a b the vast majority of, of what Nick Harbor gets nil wise. Uh, or at least a good chunk of it comes from Park Avenue, and they're like legit deals from brands that would have given him an NIL deal probably anyway because of who he is on the track and the fact mm-hmm. he's a future Olympian. So, so, so let's not let, let, let I saw too, JC, right there from Nike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let, let, let's, <laughs> not, let's not act like South Carolina blew a wad of money. I mean, I, I know who the guys are that, that get a pretty penny, and I'm not going to tell you. Uh, you could probably guess, but it's not what Nick Harbor. I mean, I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying right now, I mean, just, just that, that, that kind of stuff's damaging to the program because what if Nick Harbor reads that man, he's got work to do to be a really, really fantastic player at South Carolina or anywhere. You know, you, you, you start fostering this jealousy or like, well, maybe they shouldn't have gotten him after one freaking game when he's been hurt for half the preseason. Are you f- kidding me? I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm not getting on you, Corey, because I've seen it from other people. It's unbelievable. Come on, guys, wake up! You know, let's not lose our collective minds over one loss. Okay, that's that. You know, the mascot is a rooster. Okay, that is a fact. Let's not act like chickens in the barnyard, though, and hens. We're, we're acting like a bunch of hens. <laughs> It, it just BS vomits coming out of people's mouth and they type it on the keyboard. I mean, look, I'm uh, Sunday night, Saturday. I'd have probably had some, some vomit for you too, but uh, and it bothers me too, but man, let's not get insane. Come on, man. I mean, like I said, what if Nick Harbor read that? Oh, well, the fans don't think, I mean, after one game where I've been hurt most of the preseason, uh, you know, they're saying I got beat out by this guy and I'm hogging all the NIL money and, Somebody said, well, maybe they should have spent it elsewhere. It's not an either or. It's not an either or. And why in the world would you not want Nick Harbour? He's, he's the, he was number one on Feldman's freaks list. 
I mean, and who said that Wells and Harper can't be on the field at the same time? They are. I know. Nobody's I mean, back. that's like since he's his backup, he's not necessarily backup. You utilize three wide receiver positions. Most Corey, of the time. I never even said Wells and Harbor can't be on yeah. the field at the same time since he's backup. You have multiple outside receivers, bro. I mean, you if you've not seen there, there one, there's one on one side and one on the other, and sometimes they do four wides, right? Sometimes they have five. And sometimes the tight end lines up outside of the wide receiver. I mean, it's funny how this game works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, those are called formations. Come on, Corey. Yeah. Corey, you're a Corey, you're awesome, man. You're one of our best chat boxers. Don't go down this road. I know you're frustrated, hurting yeah, like man, everybody else. Let's not get let's stop. Stop. Y'all ever seen that movie? Which, by the way, Run? Hats off to Corey, by the way, because he's got the name of one of my all-time favorite wide receivers, Corey Bridges, who played at South Speaking Carolina. Speaking of speed, and, right, uh, yeah. Bridges was that was so, before Harbor. He's probably one of the he and Troy Williamson probably well, two of the fastest. Corey Bridges had some big plays in his career that helped a lot of people around here. Uh, Marion, there you go. Is that the Corey that played wide receiver with Tannehill? You, you got that right. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it. All right, we got to go to break. We'll take a drive around the SEC when we get back. Michael Flint ahead in 10 minutes as well. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. The cool air is coming. Play golf, play golf, play golf. We'll be right back. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. <laughs> Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
All right, final segment of hour number one inside the Gamecocks to show. Served by Chicken Cock Bourbon. Can't wait to have a nice glass of that tomorrow when we get to Columbia. There will be glasses of Chicken Cock more than likely being served all around the country, though. It's a very popular brand, and it is absolutely fantastic and delicious. That is not a lie. If you haven't tried it yet, you should. If you buy a bottle, make sure you go to the Chief Sports app and post it in the Chicken Cock Challenge. Elsewhere around the SEC, Vandy is at Wake. By the way, don't miss it. The game kicks at 11 a.m. tomorrow on the ACC Network. 11 a.m. is the kickoff uh, for the um, the Brain Bowl in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I don't know about Brain I'd say, I'd say the classic. Well, they're all smarter than me. If, if you go to Wake or Vandy, you're smarter than I am. The classic literature bowl. Ball State is at Georgia at noon tomorrow. Eastern Kentucky is at Kentucky at 3. This will be a fun place to be. New Orleans, Tulane welcomes the old Miss Rebels to town. A 3.30 kickoff down there. We'll pick that game coming up in just a little while as well. A&M is at Miami. Probably will be more A&M fans in Miami mm. than, you know, Miami fans. That game also kicks off at 3.30. Kent hey. State no flashes. We'll take the trip to Arkansas at uh, 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Austin P is at Tennessee. It's a 5 o'clock kick. These are all Eastern. The night kicks begin in T-Town. 7 o'clock, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Texas, and the Tide on ESPN. Middle Tennessee State is at Missouri at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Grambling is at LSU. McNeese State is at Florida. The Gators feel good about that one. Arizona will make the trip to Starkville to take on the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. And as we mentioned previously, Auburn and Cal in Berkeley, 1030 on ESPN. So you got Auburn and Alabama playing back-to-back on ESPN tomorrow night. See what happens there. Certainly a lot of these we will be picking coming up in just a little bit. All right, so another interesting, maybe not a tailgate, but Friday night, if you will. Are the, is the are the all male cheerleaders at A and M going to go have yell practice uh, in South on Beach? South Beach? I would imagine so. Somewhere, wow. yeehaw! I might get them a different result than what they're looking for there. Yeehaw! <laughs> not necessarily so, on the field. Bill, uh, you're probably not I'm far off. That beach, there's no telling what's going to come your way. Yeah, Dude, that's a that's a lot. Yeah, so I, I don't know, but. Uh, that's that's another interesting time. I think Texas A&M is going to take Miami to the woodshed. You know, that's a game when it was scheduled. You probably first. thought years ago, wow, that's going to be – that could be a lot of fun. Um, mm. You know, you get a bunch of Cowboys and a bunch of South Floridians mixed up together with a couple of really proud programs. But neither one of them right now are necessarily on the national radar. A&M – uh, certainly can be. I mean, you got to got to win tomorrow. They're ranked twenty third in the country, and they did win their season opener against New Mexico, fifty two to ten. But look, you know, if they win tomorrow, they will start the season three knows They've got Monroe next, and then they got Auburn and Arkansas both coming to town back to back, and they're more than likely better than both of those teams. You could see a five and A and M team with Bama, and then at Tennessee. On deck, mm. Mm. that'll be that'll be interesting. I mean, you know, everybody crapped all over them this off season, and then 
and I don't know. I mean, I, I think when, when it comes to Will Petrino and Fisher get along, there's a lot of coaches that probably scoffed at it. Like, huh, yeah, nobody guys. cares. You're scoring uh, I mean, Petrino still, I mean, I think Jimbo likes to win. Don't you? Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, and so, so we'll see sort of what happens, but, yeah. um, Hey, real quick here. I see Kevin is in the chat box. I don't know if this happened because of what I said, Kevin. I might be taking praise here when I shouldn't be taking praise here, and if I am, forgive me. But literally last week, Kevin is with Gamecock Traditions. And for those of you that don't know, that are always asking people, where do I buy this other shirts, cups? I mean, you name it. They have everything. You can order online at Gamecock Traditions. That's what I do. They ship it right to the house. I told him last week, I would like a garnet and black, most notably black, but garnet and black shirts with the white circle in the middle of the chest with the Block C logo. That's what I I can't find one. That's what I want. I said I searched the website all the time. I can't can't find one. (laughs) Lo and behold, today, they've got them. So, Kevin, I don't know if I, you know, get things along. If you just didn't tell me that was already kind of in the works, but they're out. So, He's All of magic plan to go to Gamecock Traditions and, and outfit you and your families. Don't buy the last one of that because I need one of those. And I'm going to try to squeeze in there tomorrow before we go set up shop for the afternoon. And uh, and so thank you, Gamecock Traditions. Thanks for what y'all do for us. And, and thanks for that. And please don't sell out, please. Begging yeah. it. And by the way, right after the show. Speaking of clothing, today's wardrobe is uh, we are dressed by Britons uh, and they have a lot of great stuff too. You cannot order online from Britons. You have to go by and see Perry and his crew right there on Divine Street. Uh, I am wearing this shirt. It's called the Tailgater. Uh, it's awesome. And uh, Phil and Jamie are twins. They have their Block C on. Uh, Britons of Columbia dresses the show. Uh, we like that. They also dress Shane Beamer. On his coach's show, uh, it, it you know, like I said, they don't they you can call them up and order something, and, and they can ship it to you. Uh, but it's all about that personal service that you want when you want something just a little bit nicer. Uh, you roll in there and uh, buy from Britons uh, and Perry. We certainly appreciate him. Talked to him the other day. He is uh, just as devastated about the loss uh, as we all are. Uh, been a Gamecock fan for a long, long time, but. You know, he's ready to, to for you to come by Friday, tonight. Maybe you want to do it on the way to a high school game, if the weather permits. Uh, or Saturday all day, they'll be open right there on Divine Street. So, the show is dressed by Britons of Columbia. Of- we love our all our clothing partners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I- about, you mentioned Game Doctor Dishes. Nat, her whole uh, ensemble, if you will. For the for the game uh, last week was from Gamecock Traditions. So yeah, certainly uh, these, guys, these guys. They're they're partners and friends. They're not rivals. We we happily promote both for a reason. And absolutely, I can't go to Gamecock Traditions and get a suit, but I can get one from Perry <laughs> at uh, at uh, at, at, at um, Britain's on Divine. So I, I tell you, I, I got a request for Gamecock Traditions though. I want a wind suit. Like in Gamecock. Oh, wingsuit. like old school. Old yeah. school. Day. Yeah, yeah, old school. Right. You know what? Like yes. a Bill Parcells windsuit. Yes. yes. I'll do that. I'm in. I will rock. We all three should rock windsuits. All three. When, when, the weather, when the weather changes, that's pimp. Yes. 
Windsuits and white tennis shoes, man. Do it, Kevin. Kevin, do it. Get us a windsuit. Again, the circuit, you know, circular C with the the circular, the white circle with the block C logo in it. On the windsuit. Hell yeah. Like the helmet. And it's got to be the short collar. It's got to be the short collar. And then you can have the hood. But, Kevin, do it. You're here. I know you're in there. Do it. All right. Buy Jan one too. Make we'll make Jan tailgate with a windsuit on. Jan's like six seven. By the way, Jan taller than I figured. Of course, yeah, I, I heard that all Saturday too. <laughs> Jan's going to be building a barn though, and uh, we didn't give away too much there. I, I did inform Alicia. Make sure the doors are tall, um, yeah. because I don't uh, you know you don't want to screw that. By the way, thanks um, to my my fiance Nat. Yeah. She did chat ch- pop in the chat box earlier. I'll get in <laughs> trouble if I don't watch her. Look at it, Daddy. I have three windsuits from the nineties. Well, look, here's the good news. Kevin just they're on it. Seriously. We're, 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 well, I'm like, we're, let's do windsuit Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's got to be cold, man. I don't want to be sweating my rear. Oh, yeah, when the weather changes. I mean, November probably. Yeah. No, Craig. No tortoise shell. Adidas shoes. No, All right. We have got to go because Michael Flint is standing by when we return a deep dive into hopefully Carolina's first win of the season. Michael Flint would look great in a windsuit. We'll make our picks later on as well, and we'll have some fun to round out a busy work week here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoco. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. 
Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Final hour of the work week. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. You can find it on our app. If you don't know where to get it, just type or click on the Chicken Cock Challenge button and click find Chicken Cock Whiskey and they'll show you exactly where to get it, wherever you are. Type in whatever address that may be. Uh, Meredith Taylor coming up to the end of the program. She'll be our guest picker today. Last week, Patrick Davis was nine and two i was eight and three and phil and jc are bringing it up the rear so they're going to try to uh try to kick it into gear this week and see if they can't get a little bit closer neither one were bold enough to pick pick duke last night over or last week over clemson patrick davis and jb were hence the record Uh, step to the rear carolina is here would you like a glass of cheer wine maybe i'll have a beer I think that maybe sometime you, this year you are auditioning for the next uh, Happy Gilmore movie, which hopefully they don't ever attempt to remake. You can't uh, without Bob Barker and and the yeah. dude that was uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, oh God! Shoot, come who, on. who are you talking about? Shooter, Shooter McGavern, Not, Shooter McGavern, and then uh, the guy that played uh, Apollo Creed, Apollo Creed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah he lost his arm. The alligator eventually ate, he's, ate his whole He's dead self. now, according to the movie. So you can't, yeah, you, you can't, you can't move. You can't go on. Oh, out of the window and died on impact. They're smiling. All right. Like Michael's, been, Michael's been kind enough to actually join us this week instead of uh, us promoting it for four days, and he just decides <laughs> to take a nap while we're all working our ass off. But that's okay. I'm just kidding, Mike. Six ranked. He didn't win. He didn't want to see was me hanging out in his condo last week while he wasn't there, and I don't blame him. Uh, and he's already getting some grief in the chat box from the one and only John Strickland as well. What's up, Strickland? Uh, Six-ranked Furman. FCS. Six. By the way, we never got clarification. I need to send Fink a text on that. Uh, if it does count, this would technically be the fifth straight-ranked opponent for the Gamecocks going back to last year's Tennessee game. Uh, but Furman in Carolina tomorrow night at 7.30 at williams Price Stadium on the SEC Network Plus, ESPN Network Plus, and uh, Gamecocks looking for win number one, Mike. Uh, so, you know, 
it wasn't a good week last week, clearly. And there were some good things on offense. I mentioned that Xavier Leggett set a school record for a season opener with 178 receiving yards. He beat Ira Hillary uh, by a 32 from 1984. Spencer Rattler, by the way, also threw for the third most yards ever in a season opening game behind Tannehill's 405 against Georgia in 94 and Dylan Thompson's 366 against A&M in 2014. Of course, they lost that game. Rattler threw for 353. They lost that game as well. But, Mike, that's not what's losing them games. In the last four games, I know that you're sitting in a chair, so don't fall out of it. South Carolina has sacked opposing quarterbacks four times, and they have 11 combined tackles for loss. Tennessee, Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina. They have a 2-2 two and two record in that span, 4-11. and 11. Their opponents, 17 sacks, 44 tackles for loss. Not good, Mike. They got to find a way to fix it. Yeah, I mean, you look at it from both sides of the ball. I think, you know, a lot of especially what happened, you know, against North Carolina was – you know, we were it was first down was tough. You know, we had ourselves in a lot of on in this on both sides of the ball, a lot of bad second, you know, second down um situations. You know, we were in second and long a lot. North Carolina had a lot of success on first down. And I think that's where you can see the difference in these ball games is you know, when we're able to to have success on first down on both sides of the ball. Um, and put the and you know from a defensive standpoint, be able to put you know the opposing offense in more predictable situations. It opens up that ability to to rush the passer a little more aggressively. When you're in those second and short, second medium situations, it's a lot tougher to really for a defensive guy, especially on the edge, to be able to pin his ears back and really get after the quarterback unless you you know have a you know a, a blitz of some sort on. Um, to get pressure on that quarterback. And, and, but you also really have to maintain gap integrity as well. And I think from an offensive standpoint with us is being able to have a lot more success on first down to put it, to being able to put us in less predictable second or third down situations. And, you know, a lot of that is, you know, it's not entirely on the offensive line. Um, you know, and looking at that, I know the offensive line had its moments. Um, you know, there was some one-on-one breakdowns on the edge to where we just simply got beat. And it was one guy that got beat, which really – through everything off, but you know we got to be able to to hit the hole the way we're supposed to be able to hit the hole hard, be able to find the cutback lane, um, you know, really have that good feel of um, you know of, of of doing the right thing when the ball's in you know in in the running back's hands, not being too aggressive or potentially being over aggressive. But I did see times where we did you know we we missed the hole, we missed the cutback, we hit about we we missed bouncing it outside. I think that's a lot of what you know to carry on learned. Uh, but I think, you know, really leaning on Juju McDowell and, and being able to get him the football early, I think that's a big help for, for the team as a whole. And if we are going to run early, you know, I think we need to have that experience and, and, and put the ball in Juju's hand who, who has that natural ability to, to, to see the field from a running back, uh, from the running back position and utilizing him out of the backfield. Um, you know, but I did I, I did like the way that we used the pass as an extension of the run. I've always said, you know, Coach Holtz and, and and Skip were always really good at, you know, quick, quick receiver screens to the outside when you have a numbers advantage. 
take advantage of that. It's those are, those are simple plays and being able to utilize those as an extension of the run. But, you know, I think we could have helped the offensive line out more and getting comfortable with using more quick game. Um, you know, I would have liked to see a little more of that, knowing that when we were struggling up front, when guys were losing one-on-one battles um, and it was a little more consistent, you know, utilizing that quick game on first down to try to get, you know, four or five yards to put us in, in, in positive second down situations. And from the defensive side of the ball, you know, the one thing that I noticed is North Carolina always fell forward running the football. They always had positive plays. The, the offensive line always had push, but the running backs always fell forward. And, you know, whether it was a short gain and we potentially had a tackle for loss, it seems like they fell forward for three or four yards. And so it's, it's tough on a defense, you know, when, when that is happening. But I think the main thing is really just getting push um, on both sides of the ball and, 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 and being in and putting ourselves on both sides in less and, you know, in, in, in less or more predictable situations on second and third down that can open the playbook on both sides, really defensively, when you can pin your ears back and get after the quarterback and you know, they're going to throw the ball, it makes it a little easier, but you know, a lot of people it's, it's, it's tough and you don't realize that, you know, you can't just pin your ears back on every play and just get after the quarterback. When you got a guy like Drake may, who's got athleticism, you get a defensive end screaming upfield and trying to get to the passer, you know, all that tackle is going to do is just kind of is, is just push you out the way. And it leaves a wide open run lane for, you know, for him or for the running back that really puts those linebackers and safeties, you know, at a disadvantage. So there's a lot that goes into it. I think a lot of it has to do with down and distance situations. Dow Loggins, Dallin, hello. Dow Loggins said is basically what you just said earlier this week. And the fact that uh, there are extensions of the run game that they do need to probably look into utilizing. I want to ask you about something. I, I, I saw this this week and I, I will give credit where credit is due and I'm not, I haven't done a ton more research on it, Mike. You are a form. We were talking earlier about former quarterbacks turned receivers. This was the first guy to really do it. Just in case anybody was wondering, if it wasn't for a couple of broken collarbones, Michael would have been an All American, and he'd probably still be in the NFL. Um, <laughs> but Mike, Mike, um, That's right. I I saw on the Big Spur the other day, and this kind of came every once in a while. You you get somebody that knows a little bit of what they're talking about. And they posted some photos of Spencer Rattler and his footwork on run plays versus pass plays. Now, I don't know how much truth is in that. And if it's something that was, we, we heard earlier this week, North Carolina discussing about some of their players, you know, they, they knew what was happening in this set and the other. It's all scouting, Michael. You've been in the college locker room for five years. You know what that looks like. But, is that something that's looked at? You know, our analysts and coaches, do they pay attention? What are they paying attention to to try to pick up on those little habits that maybe do tip off a defense as to not necessarily the play that's coming uh, specifically, but whether it is a run or a pass? Um, is that something that is uh, common in quarterbacks? Little things, footwork, shoulders, hips. W- what are you looking at there to maybe try to pick up an advantage? I think from a footwork standpoint, it's a little bit tougher because as a defender, if you're looking at their feet, you got problems already. Um, you know, I think on film, you could try to pick up things from a coaching standpoint, but I think if you look more so at a at a at a quarterback's shoulders and the way they drop back, if they drop back and their shoulders are, are a, a little more open, and you tend to see them throw to that to that side of the field, 
then, you know, you, you can look at that. If you see a quarterback drop back and his shoulders are closed more looking that way, then, you know, that's something to look at. Um, that's something that can really tip off, you know, a, a, a defense. But I think, and that really goes back to, to where your head is, where your eyes are, where you're looking. Can you see, are you looking at the whole field or are you looking at half the field? And if you're looking at half the field, do you consistently throw it to that half of the field? You know, are you not surveying everything? You know, I think from an offensive standpoint, coming, I think I think that quote might have come from the uh, North Carolina linebacker. Um, yeah. But if you look at it as a whole, I think if you remember the, if anybody's seen the movie Invincible uh, with Marky Mark and, uh, you know, when, when he was trying out for the team and, and you know, the, the lineman grabbed him and said, <laughs> you know, I'm tired of seeing you get your butt kicked. And he put his hand on the ground and you could see when the pressure was forward, you could see his, you could see the, you know, the difference in his knuckles. And when the pressure was back, you can mm-hmm. see the difference in the knuckles. So I think that plays a lot into it. I think it's more so alignment of how our guys are aligned, how the running back could potentially be aligned with the quarterback from a separation standpoint. Um, lineman splits, um, you know, how their feet are, how the lineman's feet are situated pre-snap. I think that a lot of that goes into it. And when you when you when you start to see differences based on run pass or uh, you know, and, you know, really simply just putting it, just breaking it down to run and pass. When you see that um, in the consistency of it, it, you know, it really, it really makes a difference. And it's, you know, and that's, that's a lot of coachable things that are anybody in the country should be able to see. But I think, you know, with Freddie Kitchens, having him at North Carolina and him potentially seeing some of those tendencies that he picked up on here, um, you know, really was a difference, but, you know, it's not like he, you know, it's not like a lot of these coaches don't see these types of tendencies in general. Um, you know, I think it just happened to be that just something that he had learned here. And I think it play, it made a difference in the game um, with the type of pressure that North Carolina brought and them having that mindset of pre-snap, you know, guessing right and really not guessing, but, you know, being 80 to 90 sure. And when you're, you know, when that's at play, it's a, it's a game changer because the speed changes you got guys flying around a whole lot faster than they would having to try to diagnose a play or a play action um, or run versus pass. So I think a lot of it just comes down to simple. I think it comes down to fundamentals, um, you know, based on alignment you know, uh, of the lineman, the running back quarterback, uh, things of that nature. But, you know, I think it's stuff that teams pick up on in general. I don't think, you know, that, that Freddie Kitchens was over there. You know, we have a brand new OC, uh, new personnel, um, new new play calls and a lot changed and I think it's just based on a lot of what he saw fundamentally from the different position groups that really made a difference That's but, I mean, because he did mention that you know Michael was technique and fundamentals we kept hearing it from you know I mean we heard it from you know offense defense and special teams uh you know when the coordinators were allowed to speak so I mean how does that I mean, we all talk about, you know, you got to be disciplined and fundamentals and, and can you get more into that? Like what, what kind of fundamentals were lacking on Saturday that you could tell? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I think- hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll, Phil has a good question. And, and I, let me piggyback on that real quick, Phil. Let me just add some fuel to the fire here because yeah. most fans go, what have they been doing for the last four weeks? I mean, I thought that's what you have spring football for. Then you have the summer, and then you have August, right? Aren't you practicing for – like, aren't you working on those things? And then you were out there in game one, and you go, well, yeah, we, we got to clean up some fundamental stuff. I'm not hammering Coach Beamer and his staff. That's not what I'm doing. This happens all around the country. It happens everywhere. 
But I'm just asking you as a former college football player to, to like Phil was just saying, your fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. And people are like, well, what have you been working on in the preseason? Yeah, no, Phil, it's a great, it's, I mean, it's actually a really great, it's a great question. I know, uh, good question. You know, Strickland on here, Strickland could really dig, dig in more because he's done it and did it really well for, for a long time. Is that, you know, you look at a guy as a lineman, does he have his hand in the dirt or is he in a pass protection? Or, you know, or does he, or is he standing up, you know, in a two point stance or a three point stance? And teams use that differently to where, you know, in the run, you might pull guys. You know, you got a guard, you'll pull a guard, lead block, and, you know, and and run the football. Um, and he may have his hand in the dirt. But you also use that in play action situations to where guys got his hand in the dirt. You think it's going to run. It's the same it's the same movement with the offensive line, but the guard pulls up and may set the edge and the tackle blocks down or, you know, how, however you decide schematically to do it. But, you know, and it could be a tackle, you know, based on a line, doing the same thing. Tackle's got his hand in the dirt, goes to pull, or the center goes to pull, whoever it is goes to pull and it, it, you're showing run, but you're trying to get those front seven guys looking at run, but it's really a pass to keep them from dropping. And when you don't, and when you kind of get, uh, you know, I guess when you when you kind of do the same things over and over, run versus pass on how you set and how you protect and you don't mix up uh, what you do up front as far as uh, from a scheme, from a pulling standpoint or how you decide to align, whether it be a two point stance or a three point stance. It really, you know, it can really throw, you know, it can really make yourself a little more predictable. Um, you know, I think Coach Wolford was really good. I remember seeing some of those and we would I mean, it looked like a run, it looked the same as a run block with the guard pulling looks like he's going to get downhill and then he, and then he set and he, and he pass sets. And it really, you know, they see the linebackers step up and then it's, Oh crap. You lost a couple steps. You lost a second or two. Now you got to drop in coverage and there's a bigger window between linebacker and safety. So I think a lot of that, of how you devise your scheme up front from a protection standpoint, really, really plays into it. And I, you know, I didn't go back and look at it that deep, as far as how we decided to pass protect, whether from a play action standpoint or, you know, how we utilized our run block to then pass protect, um, you know, that goes, that goes into it a lot. And it's trying to confuse those guys across the ball from you. And I think that could have potentially played into it. I, you know, I don't, not a hundred percent sure, but that's kind of, those are some of the examples of what, you know, defenses see when they see you consistently doing those things up front, to where you know you're not moving guy you're not moving guys around from a pass protection standpoint and you know center pulling like it's a run or the guard pulling like it's a run and then pass setting you know it can really uh you know it really make yourself more predictable and uh and and it's a you know more simple um to defend against so i you know i don't know i didn't I haven't really rewatched the game and wasn't looking that hard into it you know while watching the game but those are some of the examples that that i've seen and you know that 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 offenses can do to really mitigate you know a lot of this you know being in the two-point stance consistently up front or whether you know the interior guys the guards have their hand in the dirt consistently so that's kind of what you do just as examples well now that you've called him out we'll have to make sure we get strick on the show next week so john if you're still watching or listening keep your phone on you i'll give you a call this weekend and uh, we'll schedule you as an offensive lineman let you come in here and tell or pick Michael's words apart and, you know, cut a bunch of holes into his statements because you're the guy that actually used to do it up there. Mike, on the defensive side of the football and specifically pertaining to this game this weekend, it is hard to imagine Furman trying to do anything but run the football. 
Uh, Tyler Huff, their quarterback, is a dual-threat guy. He's done it pretty well for a long time. But Furman runs the football. They almost ran for 3,000 yards last year as a program. They ran for 194 last week, and their win over Tennessee Tech to open the season. And Dominic Roberto's back. He ran for over 1,100 yards last year. So that's that's their goal. You know, we we want to run the ball. South Carolina, over the last couple of years, has not really done that great of a job at slowing or stopping the run. Um, and this weekend, you would expect them to have better athletes against the Paladins. Last week, clearly, uh, no pressure on the quarterback in passing situations. From time to time, they looked okay, right? Stopping the run. I mean, you, you saw some good things here and there. You also saw some things that certainly need to get cleaned up. But Fern is dangerous, and it might be a wet day tomorrow. And if it is a wet day, it's uh, probably uh, there's a chance South Carolina might have to run the football more themselves. So your thoughts on this matchup and uh, what Carolina needs to do to not necessarily win the game, Mike, but build some confidence, maybe make a statement. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, turnovers obviously are critical. Um, you know, you can see, you know, forcing turnovers obviously is important. But I think the most important thing from last week to this week is winning first down getting push up front and really winning first down and putting putting Furman in and more predictable second and long type situations. Um, you know, I say winning first down, getting push up front uh, with those interior guys, moving those guys back, um, you know, not just a stalemate, but but being being more physical, being stronger than than what they have up front and getting push on that line of scrimmage to be able to, you know, collapse the pocket. Um, you know, Javon Kinlaw, you know, I think if you look back at what he did up front and, you know, how disruptive he was as one person in, in the middle, you know, simply by collapsing the pocket and really forcing the quarterback to move, shift one way or another. When you can push those interior linemen back into the quarterback, it makes that quarterback very, very uncomfortable. Um, you know, and I think that that's a big part of, of you know, what I'd like to see, you know, what I hope to see tomorrow from those guys is being being the more physical group. Um, over Furman and really being able to try and collapse that pocket to make the quarterback uncomfortable. But winning first down and, and putting Furman in the second and long uh, situations where, you know, it's more predict where we have, you know, it's more predictable for, for Clayton White, I think is, is, is huge um, for this team. Real quick too, want to squeeze this in uh, tomorrow night. It looks like uh, according to Shane Beamer, uh, Marquis Anderson, Nicky Mawori, defensive end Jatias Gear, David Spalding, and Kaysen Henry all out. Henry expected out for the season. All others expected back soon. It um, I anticipated Eamon Wari would probably be held out this week, even if he was, you know, good enough to go. Uh, with Georgia coming up next, it looks like Jalon Kilgore will more than likely get the start in his place uh, as a and as a quick injury update. Everybody else. Is set to go when we should see more juice wells than what we saw um, last week. Mike, final uh, thoughts, important matchups, anything that is racking your brain uh, pertaining to the ball game. Spencer Rattler has really been brilliant uh, in his last four games at South Carolina. 11, 114 of 161 passes he's thrown in his last four games. I mentioned just a minute ago, He's been there have been 44 tackles for a loss. There's been 17 sacks. And the number I didn't give you because I just stopped counting were the number of QB pressures in the last four games. But in that span, he has completed 71% of his passes, 1,397 yards. That's 1,400 yards he's thrown for in the last four games. 
at an average of 350 yards a clip and 10 TDs and only, I think, three interceptions in that span. So if he just gets some time and they'll just give him a chance to go out and do what Spencer Rattler knows how to do, those numbers could be ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if he'll get that or not, but your final thoughts on the game and the way you think it might go tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, I think looking back on it, you saw some of the critical drop passes that we had that could have gone for 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 big, you know, big time plays that could have added to that total and really changed the course and the dynamic of the of the game. And I think that played a huge part. But I think, you know, being able to give Spencer some time, you look at, you know, what we were able to do against Clemson and and, and Tennessee and try to shift the pocket for him to try and allow him to get get some more time utilizing some play action, but being able to move that pocket a little bit for him and get him some time. But I think, you know, early on and, you know, with, you know, and building confidence, not only for, for Spencer, which, you know, I think you know he's done, he's played, you know, really, really well with, with given the circumstances. Um, but, you know, getting that offensive line comfortable and gaining some, some, some confidence and getting some, you know, and utilizing the quick game and being able to get down the field and, and get some, I mean, just, you know, getting yards, getting first downs, um, not being put in so many, you know, third and long situations to keep those guys on the field, I think can help build confidence with those guys. And I think the more these guys play together, the more cohesive and the more of a, a, a one unit they'll become um, where they feed off each other and they know what each other's doing. Play an offensive line. I mean, you know, you talk about football and being a brotherhood and all that, but that offensive line, I mean, those guys are like a family. And, you know, the, the more they get to play with each other and the more they understand what everybody's doing, and, you know, they don't have to speak it. They know that each person knows what their assignment is and being able to, 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 to point and redirect. And it's going to be huge. I think it's just the, the snaps, getting those guys snaps. But, you know, the, the injury didn't help at the beginning of the game. But, um, but I think just, you know, utilizing the quick games, shifting the pocket a little bit, give Spencer some time to throw the ball downfield is going to be huge. And just getting those guys, building those guys' confidence, um, you know, from how it looked last week. Because those guys here – exactly you know what's going on in the media what's being said by the fans and you know all the everybody saying how you know it was the offensive line's fault the offensive line played terrible and I can tell you those guys take that personally and so you know I'm interested to see how those guys come out along with the physic the, the physicality they play with knowing that you know we didn't win the line of scrimmage we didn't get much push the amount of tackles for loss um you know not a lot of success on first down those guys are taken personally so you know, seeing how they come out and react to that is is going to be uh, what I you know what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is Mike Flint. I'll find him tomorrow at his condo, and I can't wait to see if it's raining. But I'll uh, you know keep the door open so I can bring you bring myself and maybe a bottle of chicken cock that we can we can share before the ball game. But hopefully, it's a a good night for Gamecock football to get to one and one, and then the trip Athens. Yeah, Coming man, up. it was like Mo- Motel 6, we'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't, I know where the keys are, so I, I'll get in just fine. Um, good stuff, as always. Look forward to uh, to seeing you tomorrow and uh, next week, Georgia. Yeah, uh, Jay, got to get through this week first. That's right. Thanks, man. I always enjoy it, fellas. Go Cox. There you go. Michael Flint, former wide receiver at the University of South Carolina. Number 19 in your program, but always number one in your heart. He paid me $250 to say that. So, there you go. Pretty pretty good stuff there, huh? Uh, 
great stuff. Really Michael enjoyed. Yeah, he's he's you know he he's smarter than he looks. That's for sure. All right, we do need to uh, step aside quickly when we return. Our final keys to the game, and then Meredith Taylor will join us in the final segment, and we'll make our picks. Can she beat Patrick Davis? He was nine and two last week. He whipped all of us. We'll find out. Hang tight. Traveling Country Club. Tease it up. It's inside the Gamecocks, the show. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Thirty-six. 
Friday, Friday, Friday. Sorry, Phil. I know that you sent a memo out saying from here on out it's Friday on Inside the Gamecocks, yeah. the show. So we'll uh, make sure that we 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 do that from this point forward. From this point forward, you um, tonight is high school football, and uh, we want to remind you that. The Chief Sports app, if you download it, you can be wherever you are. You might not live in the state of South Carolina, but you grew up here and you're watching us in Wisconsin. And you want to keep up with your high school team. If you download the app, the scoreboard is right there. And uh, you can just scroll it as much as you want and keep up with some of the scores. I do want to you – know, there's obviously always big games to be played in high school football. But um, hats off to a, a friend of mine. I, I grew up with him. I, I played – Played with him at Wando, uh, Eric Bendig, who's the head coach at Phillips Simmons. They're three and zero, and they've got Timberland tonight. And only a couple of short years ago, you would have thought, "Well, there's a loss." Mm. Timberland's zero three. Uh, so good luck to those guys tonight. And uh, you know who else is zero three? Dutch Fork. Yeah, if you could believe that, Dutch Fork has not won a game yet this season so um the, the high school scoreboard will be there and you can check that out and i know jc checks it from up there when he's in chicago and not down here um i know that bruins in here so number one south florence number one south florence on the road at carolina forest uh tonight so good luck to those guys and everybody else that's playing high school football and um Good luck to my Wando Warriors. Try to stay within 40 because Somerville is coming to town. And Wando, even though they beat Stahl last week, looks like crap. And I can't handle it much longer. So figure it the you-know-what out and try to try to yeah, beat somebody that's got a pulse. How about that? Burns Rebels, baby. Woo! There you go. Burns I'll, Rebels. Also, yeah. <laughs> playing Maria. Shout out to them. Burns is playing Berea? Or Wade Hampton's playing Berea? Oh, hey. <laughs> On the Dutch Fork note, by the way, they host Stratford tonight. Those two teams. How about the Stratford and Dutch Fork? 0-5 combined. Wow. Wow, that's different. And that, that hurts because Denny McDaniel, the head coach at Stratford, is, he's, you know, he's a good boy. You know, he's a, he coached me, and I love Denny. And it's, you know, things have changed, man. You know, they re redo all these zones and they redraw the districts with everybody moving around. And it's it's certainly watered a lot of stuff down. I, I feel it sucks. That. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it sucks. I'm glad Spartanburg County, Spartanburg County hadn't built a new school in a while. Greenville hasn't either, though. Greenville didn't add, like, they're not like a brand new school. Yeah. They built a new Woodmont and they built, uh, like, a new jail new Wade Hampton and stuff like that but they haven't they haven't added schools I think since you know for a while I added but, uh, one Powdersville is the last one they've added I don't know how long that's been is Powdersville in Greenville County or Anderson or I thought it Pickens? was in Greenville I, maybe I'm wrong I thought it maybe was it, well, if it is that's the that's the newest one then Spartanburg is not added but it's still Spartanburg Dorman Woodruff Landrum Chesney all the old broom the broom centurions I always thought that was a cool nickname, the Centurions. Centurions. That's it. what is that? What is? What, I'm sitting here trying. To, what is Centurion? It's a. It's a like a like a gladiator Roman kind of Roman name. soldier. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a like rank. Yeah. You got the Vikings at Spartanburg, Dorman Cavaliers, Broom Centurions, Burns Rebels, Landrum Cardinals, <laughs> Chapman Panthers, Roar. 
Bowling Springs Bulldogs. Yeah. Woodruff Wolverines. Wolverine! And uh, am I leaving one out, Phil? Chesney Eagles. Chesney. Ches- yeah, Chesney. Not mm-hmm. to be confused with Kenny, but just Chesney. Yeah, the the Kenny yeah. Chesney Eagles. So, yeah. It's, uh, Powdersville is Anderson. So, Greenville, same situation has yeah. not. They just keep yeah. making them bigger. Yeah, they, yeah, they just yeah, keep doing it uh, and all that. So, yeah. So, Berea could definitely be a win for the generals tonight. Hey, get them at home tonight. Dude, way to have to. When my, when my dad played, though, for Spartanburg High School in the 60s, Spartanburg didn't have, like, they had, they had, uh, and somebody corrected me on this. I, I don't know if it's a correction or not. They said Roebuck High School became dormant. I, they really carved that out of part of the city, right? Uh, uh, from what I was told. So, you know, uh, but Spartanburg County had like Spartanburg and then Woodruff and Burns were kind of the, the other two. They didn't have very many schools, so they had to play the Greenville school. Spartanburg and Greenville used to be a big rivalry. And Wade Hampton was that other Greenville school. They used to be pretty doggone good mm-hmm. back in the day. So that that's a, Wade Hampton is not a new school. Now, Eastside and Riverside and all the schools that have kind of taken from Wade Hampton are definitely new. There used to be Parker, well, Parker, Par- yeah, Parker, Parker High mm-hmm. School in Greenville closed. Mm. So, yeah. anyway, Phil, sorry. your final keys to the game for South Carolina tomorrow night. <laughs> Move forward on, on the ground. First, <laughs> on no, just on first down. You know, yeah. Move forward. Let's you know. Advance the football will help a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JC, clutch. In every football game, you have opportunities. Uh, You know, even in games where you know it gets away from you. Hell, they had opportunities early against Georgia last year. You have to be clutch. This team won games last year by answering the call and being clutch. That's Kentucky. That I mean, think about A and M. A and M's marching back. Uh, what happens? Stop after stop after stop. Marshawn Lloyd takes over touchdown. Uh, you know, Tennessee, they answered every call. Clemson, they answered the bell. You have to play clutch and take advantage of the opportunities when you have them. Inevitably, that they will present themselves. If you don't, it could be a long night. Uh, but uh, leave no, you know, it, it, it's, it's popular because of, remember the Titans will say, leave no doubt. Mm. But uh, leave no regrets. No regrets, right? No regrets. Let's just be adults here and say no regrets. I, th- I think it, I, I'm kind of in line with you, JC. They're they're not really necessarily keys to the game. I think they're more along the lines of things I'd like to see. And you know, who am I, and what what does my opinion matter? It doesn't. But I mean, things that things that we saw last week that I think just need to get figured out are, and I don't know who they are, but. Who is going to be that group up front? Like, you got to begin to find some type of answer there on the offensive line. And you know what? If you have to go through some struggles with them, but you truly feel like that's the group that's going to get you where you want to go in the long run, then then go with them and stick with them. You know, so I'm, I'm hoping to see something like that. I'd really like to see all of the running backs get a crack at carrying the rock tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, JC, you pointed out very eloquently earlier in the week, it's 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 not rare to see freshman running backs get the football. They do get the football all over the place, and I think Braswell uh, probably deserves a shot, and I certainly think Mario Anderson deserves a shot. And then 
on the defensive side of the football, um, you know, I, I, I think we're all probably, you know, spinning the, the same, you know, circle here. You know, that, that group has got to show some type of improvement up front. I, I gave you the stats earlier. They're, they're really demoralizing statistics. The last four games, Carolina's given up 17 sacks and they've been tackled 44 times behind the line of scrimmage. Yet they've only tackled, tackled opponents 11 times. I said the last four games, not the last one game. Okay, that, that goes along with guys named Zach Pickens and Jordan Birch and every other four or five star that they've had up there. And they, they have not gotten it done, and I don't know why, but they've got to find a way to at least show some improvement there uh, and, uh, and begin to establish some, some toughness yeah. and identity. If they can do that, then Carolina can still find a way to have a, a, a nice year. Yeah, Travian needs to bench some guys. I mean, if they're not going to, I mean, you know, and, and it's just, and, and I, look, I don't know that that's indicative of Tonka, Hemingway, and Boogie Huntley. Um, I'm not calling anybody out. No, nah, we've seen him play better. Now, I'll, I'll say this there's one guy after going back and watching the offensive line closely, uh, there's one guy that's going to have to get a lot better. I mean, if he's going to play really, it, it was like super bad. And then there was another guy that was, Almost there, but uh, wasn't as bad. But the, the, those guys are going to have to get a whole lot better. I I personally would play some other guys that I know have at least played average over those two if, if that continues. I, I, if you do start those guys, I would give them a very short leash if I'm Lonnie Teasley. I'm just not going to – you can't – and this isn't – this is like getting overpowered. This is dropping your head. This is having terrible technique at times. This is – you know, and in bad opportunities, it's not playing clutch. I mean, there's just a lot of problems right now. I mean, there are a lot of guys out there the other night that just flat out weren't ready. And, you know, so if you have to go with some of your guys that have been here for a while that are just average, hell, average is better than nine sacks, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Find the group that you want to go with. This is the week to do it because the next three weeks – that ain't the time to do it. You got to figure out that group this week if you can with the three straight, very difficult SEC games on deck. So is Meredith Taylor. She's in the on deck circle and she's waiting patiently. When we return, we'll quickly run through our picks and get you out of here in the next 14 minutes or so and onto your college football weekend. Can't wait to see if she can beat Patrick Davis. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Always live from the Sinorama Studios. Look over my shoulder. You'll see it tomorrow. Thanks to Matt Vaughn and his team for making Williams-Brice Stadium look beautiful. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Sinorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Sinorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Sinorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Sinorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Cold Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. This crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. They're fighting Gamecock are introduced. And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. And the rave breaks out of Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. Oh, tomorrow night we waited long enough to get into Williams Bryce Stadium and see the environment that you just saw there. 75 degrees and a 50% chance of rain at kickoff under the lights of Williams Bryce. Get in your seats early. Tomorrow expected to be a new enhanced entry for the game for Carolina football. Looking forward to that. We always look forward to seeing the beautiful and talented Meredith Taylor. We're happy that she is a partner of what we do here. We are certainly happy that she is saving lives all over the state of (laughs) South Carolina by not allowing golfers like me to go way wacky off the range or tee box and right into somebody's skull. And uh, we appreciate her being here today. So Patrick went nine and two last week. You've got 14 games, though, so it'll be a win percentage thing. You think you can do it or not? Listen, I wouldn't be on here if I didn't think I could win, right? You don't tee it up unless you feel like you can win the tournament. Oh, I do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Apparently, <laughs> JC and I do as well, right? You okay. play to win the game. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And JB, I, we got to change that mentality because we're going to be playing in a tournament later in the fall together. We are. So yeah, we got to get yeah. it together, okay? Uh, Meredith and I, who we're going to be in the Letterman's tournament. Um, oh, and look out, Perry! You, look out, Connor! Like we're coming for it. Guess yeah. who the title sponsor of that is? That Carolina Rebels is the title sponsor yeah, of that right. rise again. Yeah. Right, everybody. Well, now we crazy. now we have to win. Well, we and, and who's who's <laughs> playing with us? Wingo and we we need our we need to put our fourth in there, right? We do, we okay. do. I may, I may like get my fat butt in a golf cart and follow you all around and heckle you. Or it's going to be a good time. JC, we have an extra foursome. 
Remember? I'm not playing. I haven't played in 20 years. I wouldn't bear. And see, I cry, I, it's a scramble. I get out there and crack myself up because I'll get on the fairway and I'll look my iron game's worst ever. And I'll <laughs> swing and miss. And then I'll think about how funny it looked to everybody else and I'll start <laughs> laughing. Because I, I crack myself up because I'm imagining my, myself like miss the whole ball. And I, <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. I just. Uh, but I will heckle. I'll, I'll just drive around the golf cart and heckle you guys. How about that? I love I'd it. Be, that would be fine. I, I got a feeling that Smoke would like that job too. So I might try to steal him and shove that him on That would our be team. a solid team because he's a scratch golfer too. Oh, he can play. Yeah, we, yeah. we would probably win Ooh. with you. I don't know. DeMarco's team will okay. we'll certainly be in it. But, um, well, you know, Kip, Bachnight plays and Connor oh, yeah. and Perry. And I mean, it's it's and, everybody. All the letters. And how far can I hit it, Garris Gantz? Yeah, and it's exactly. Gantz hits the golf ball further than Happy Gilmore. I mean, it's ridiculous <laughs> what he does on the tee box. So, hats does he off have to guys it. that can that have good short game though? Well, this, show, yeah, but in this, in this tournament, that's where Kip comes in with him or Blake Taylor, yes. one of those okay. guys. So, you know, Gantz. All right, Meredith. Um, Tonight, Illinois and Kansas will play at 7.30. You're going, what? What? Who cares? I'm with you. Who cares? But Illinois is better. Kansas is better. Kansas is also a a three-and-a-half point favorite. And through the first half of last season, they were pretty darn good until game day showed up, and they weren't. Did they win tonight at home? Yeah, I'm going to go Kansas. Um, Didn't Illinois barely beat Toledo last week? Toledo's better than people think they are. That was a game a lot of people okay. thought they could lose. Yeah. I was like, they barely beat Toledo. But, yeah, I'm going to go Kansas. Where are you guys Toledo. going? Kansas. JC? Going with my boy, B.D. Belima. I'm going the same way. I'm going. B.D. Brett. Illinois. Yep. Illinois. Yep. All right. Okay. The brain Go Illini. Beef sandwich. <laughs> Winston-Salem at 11 a.m., Meredith. Get your pancakes and get ready to go. Uh, Wake Forest will welcome Vanderbilt to town, and Wake Forest is a 10 point favorite over the Commodores. But Phil's doppelganger is on the other side with Fandy, so I'm gonna go like D Rucker and say SEC over ACC. Give me Vandy, very nice. JC, I'm on with Wake, Wake, Wake. I'm, I'm with Mayor. I'm, I'm going. Listen, I you know you have seven to, right? and Vandy. Seven and zero Vandy is something that could happen until it doesn't. So I'm hey, going Vandy. <laughs> I gave y'all my poll prediction back in August. Vandy would open the season four and zero. I'm not going to back off the train now. Vandy wins tomorrow at Wake Forest, and they get closer. They get to three and zero, and with a uh, who I don't even know who they have next week. Maybe UNLV. Uh, JC mentioned this earlier could be trickier than maybe we initially thought 10th ranked Notre Dame on ABC at NC State Notre Dame there just yes. a seven and a half point favorite in Carter Finley I'm still going Notre Dame give me the uh, Golden Domes uh, I coach at NC State at the University of Notre Dame it's very torn with who to pick in the football game but I'm going to go with a more physical team than Notre Dame fighting Irish I think that, that was, was amazing. Lou, Lou Sherbert, Phil. Does somebody have a dump truck backing backing up, or the hot no, pocket tray? That's my lunch in the microwave. <laughs> okay, it's a, it's <laughs> Bucky. It's Bucky's stuffed chicken. Uh, All right. Delicious. Okay. <laughs> uh, Phil, uh, who you got? Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Oh yeah. I picked I'm with y'all. 
it's hard to go and get Sam Hartman just yet, but I'm with Notre Dame uh, noon tomorrow on ABC. So Meredith and I, oh, this is getting hang- scary. Yeah, you and I are okay. Utah is at Baylor tomorrow. Baylor opened the season with a loss. They're going to try to get to one and one. Utah, as we know, beat the Florida Gators. They've had that yes. extra rest. They're in Waco. The Utes, just seven and a half point favorites, might be a little bit warmer down there than it has been uh, back in Salt Lake. The scheduled temperatures about around 90 degrees at kickoff. Give me the Utes. Mm. Ooh, JC? Uh, I'm going with the Utes. I, yeah, how ballsy is it to, or gutsy, excuse me, uh, to <laughs> schedule Florida and Baylor? as your two opening games. Cause I mean, you had to do it about three or four or five years ago when both those programs were in much better shape. I mean, that's gutsy. Right. I, I'm hey. going with the guts. You, you bring your own guts. <laughs> hey, look, Texas state has a good program. They shouldn't be better than Baylor and they shouldn't have scored 42 on them. That's concerning to me. Utah wins the game 42 uh, to 31. The score last week might be something fairly similar this week. All right, here we go. Prime time, Nebraska and 22nd-ranked Colorado on Fox at noon tomorrow. Colorado is a three-point favorite over the fighting Marcus Satterfields at Folsom (laughs) Field. Here's the real news. Stop it. You can still get a ticket for the everyday low price of $322 at its lowest. It is sold out. Some of the resales all over $300. Some... 2,500 and beyond. Yeah, you want to talk about uh, 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 RVs steaming across the prairie from Nebraska to Colorado? Yeah. This should be. Let me see a red there. I love the game. I love the game. Do not love Nebraska's offense because we know who's running it. Meredith? Exactly. Yeah, give me some time. Look good, feel good, play good. They pay good. Ooh. This this game is going to tell you why. I don't care who you are as a head coach. If you don't hire, unless you're like Steve Spur or Chip Kelly, somebody that does your own offense. If you don't hire a good offensive coordinator, you're dead. That should be let's be a lesson, to everybody. Colorado wins, covers. Yes, Nebraska will have against the average, the below average Colorado defense. That they won't cross the fifty very often. It'll be forty five seventeen Buffaloes. Oh yeah, I'm going Colorado too here. I think it'll be a bloodbath as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm against with the y'all. team that you know gave up a boatload of points. You know, last week they're not giving up a boatload of points to this offense. The chicken cock and the Dixie vodka will be flowing in New Orleans tomorrow. Ole Miss <laughs> takes on Tulane. We know what those fan bases are like, and the spread is like this: only a touchdown favorite for the Rebels inside of Yulman Stadium in Nolens, three thirty on ESPN two. Mayor, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't know. I, I haven't heard you guys talking about this game, but. I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to say Lane Kiffin late. Um, give me Ole Miss. I think Meredith has been looking at my notes, JC. Go ahead. Go no, Willie Fritz. <laughs> Willie Fritz. Willie Fritz. Tulane pulls another shocker. They will have beaten Kansas State, Ole Miss, and Southern California within the past uh, year. Phil, nah, man. F you tomorrow. Who you got? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I said Tulane yesterday was going to win. I'm going to stick with it. Okay. 
A uh, little nugget here. Willie Fritz's daughter used to be the sports director at Channel 2 in Charleston. And so hats off to Laney Fritz. Most importantly for Channel 2 in Charleston, today is Rob Fowler's 36th anniversary as an elite weatherman with them. One of the kindest humans in the world. That has nothing to do with the game. I'm with Meredith. I think that Ole Miss will win it late, but Tulane will cover. Uh, that seven-point spread. A&M at Miami, Meredith, 3.30 tomorrow on ABC from Hard Rock. A&M, four-point favors. I don't think it's going to be close. I think A&M wins big. JC? A&M wins big. I'm with Meredith. Yeah, same. Let's go, JC. I, I, I don't think it's as big as y'all are all thinking, but I, I do think that A&M wins Maybe by comfortably. You want to call it comfortable? Is 10 points comfortable? We'll go with that. Da, 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 I got to figure da, out a way da, da, to go against the grain here. Meredith, this cannot happen. Yeehaw. All right, tomorrow, I, I can, still can't I'm figure out why this is a game, good sign. It, I, I, me too. I, 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 uh, tomorrow, <laughs> guys, if you want to watch just a true good old-fashioned 1926 college football game, you want to be in Jack Trice Nin- Stadium or at least tuned into Fox at 3.30, because Iowa and Iowa State should play at the end of the year. They don't. They play at the beginning of the year. Iowa's a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Matt Campbell and the Cyclones, and the over-under in this game is a 36-and-a-half. Meredith, who wins? Iowa State. JC? I'm going with Cyclones, yeah. I picked that earlier this week, I think. I just, you know, that Iowa offensive quarter. If I were a Hawkeyes fan, I'd be livid about the the, the, the sweetheart deal they cut Brian Ferentz, who sucks. Um, and I think, Hire Marcus Satterfield if you're Iowa. I, I think Iowa State is due. Uh, they've gone through a couple of rough years, but generally Matt Campbell's teams uh, have the ability to bounce back. Yeah, Phil, you're going yeah, Iowa State. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, not not the biggest I'm, Iowa fan. I, this is uh, this is. I don't think I'm a fan of either, but this is consensus. I will agree with y'all. I'm going with Iowa State. Cincinnati's at Pittsburgh. JC, you pointed this out earlier. This is a very interesting game that's going to be played tomorrow night at six thirty on the developing and outstanding and any other verb we can come up with. CW Network, <laughs> the Bearcats. And Pitt, Pitt seven-point seven favorites uh, tomorrow night at home. The over-under in the game is 45. Mayor. I'm going to go Pitt. Yeah. JC? Uh, I'm going to go Pitt. I'm going to go Pitt, too. I think uh, you know, Cincinnati, I, I, they're just, yeah, Pitt's kind of a model of consistency. Cincinnati is in um, transition. I, I will say this. Whoever decided to get rid of the trophy, that's who I want to lose. So. <laughs> Phil, give me Cincy in the divorce court upset special. All right, well done. <laughs> <laughs> We've got somebody who's different. I'm going with Pitt tomorrow night as well, but I think this will be a little bit closer. I think Cincinnati will cover the spread. Seven o'clock tonight. Oregon at Texas Tech on Fox from AT and T Jones, excuse me, AT and T Stadium in Lubbock, Texas. Surprising here, guys. Texas Tech, of course, goes to Wyoming last week. They can't breathe in that thin air. They lose, go pokes. They come <laughs> home. Oregon scores 81 on Portland State. You think, ah, this thing, holy moly. Mm-mm. Ducks are only six and a half point favorites, Meredith. 
and I don't know why, but I'm going to go Oregon. I'm, give me the Ducks. Why is it such a such a small spread? I don't know. I'll tell you why. Because why? Texas Tech is going to beat them. That's my u- upset of the week. Oh. I think that the Red Raiders win okay. the game. All right. Yeah. JC? Guns up. Guns that, up. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I quoted Lou Holtz earlier. He's like, things are never as good as they seem. Things are never as bad as they seem. Looked really good with Oregon last week, hanging 81 on poor little Portland State. It looked bad for Texas Tech to go to Wyoming and lose. Right. But still the same teams we talked about all offseason. Texas Tech's a pretty good football team. They're at home. They're going to be jacked up. Uh, they True. can breathe now. True. Oregon's probably watching. They're going, well, we're the mighty Oregon Ducks. We scored 81 <laughs> points. A lot of Red Raiders fans there. I'm, I'm going with uh, – and I, JB and I did not discuss this before, so I'm sorry. Is that your like, upset of the week? I'm stepping on your upset Fine. there, but uh, that's no, uh, that's you're my not. Take. We're allowed to no. think perfectly in line. Phil, you're going with Oregon. Uh, no, I'm taking Texas Tech because I don't believe in oh. SEC territory. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon, Oregon did to Portland State last week what the rest of the country does to the city of Portland, apparently. Um, <laughs> Unless you haven't been paying attention for the last four years. Also tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1 from Boise, Big 12 at Mountain West. Does that sound right when UCF is coming to town? You better believe it. It's an interesting matchup, isn't it, boys and girls? Central Florida on the road against the Broncos. Three and a half point favorites. Are we buying that? I'm going UCF. Okay. JC? My boy Bobby Bentley, analyst at UCF. He's on the Gus bus now. I'm going with the Golden Knights as well. John Reese Plumley, who's yeah. 137 <laughs> years old. Really uh, like their starting quarterback. I uh, remember when he was just a toddler in the 70s at Ole Miss, but now uh, he's running all over people. So go Knights. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm taking UCF as well because Boise's I, field looks like a bounce house. Did somebody, so did somebody call yeah. him the Golden Knights, by the way? Did yeah, there's just the night. Don't now. call. Yeah, I, I made that mistake one time at the UCF yeah. Mafia, the same the mafia. Uh, fantasy land uh, Mickey Mouse here dwellers that uh, think they won the national championship. Said they won the national championship. I got blasted worse for that than anything in my career. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God, I didn't even know you had this many fans. Whoa. Between it's that, just and the night, God, sir. Between night and that, that and the uh, Clemson. Mom's shadow basement guy, you are shadow. a dude on the uh, shadow of Wallace Wade. Wade. Y'all are all wrong. Boise State's going to win tomorrow night in honor of my new neighbors who moved here from Boise, Idaho. They're actually back out there for this ball game. Uh, so Boise, in honor of the Cardiff family, they'll beat UCF tomorrow night uh, in the uh, in the great state of Idaho. Seven o'clock. There's the big one: Texas and Alabama, three eleven matchup. There's a lot of people. To think Texas is going to the playoff this year, Meredith, but they're no. touchdown dogs tomorrow night at Bryant no. Denny. I'm not one of them. Roll Tide. Uh, Texas hasn't. I mean, until they show and prove that they're quote unquote back, I'm not. I'm not a believer yet. So Roll Tide. Give me Nick Saban. Phil, say what it means. Yeah, Bama. Yeah, please. Yeah. Oh, I picked him to cover yesterday. So yeah. I, I guaranteed victory for Alabama with this three months ago. Yeah, they're gonna Did win you? until Texas proves it, man. Right. Why? Why? I mean, yo, know, they played them close last year. Oh, geez, maybe I should just jump up and down and award them the trophy now, Bevo. 
So uh, no, there's just no way uh, I would I, I wouldn't even think about taking Texas. This, this game's right. not even going to be close in the fourth quarter. I picked I Bama to win. I picked Bama to win the national championship. So this should be a uh, preview of every pick for Bama this year for me. They will win. They're being doubted. They don't like it when they're doubted. Mm. They will win big tomorrow against the Longhorns. Absolutely. The place is going to be electric. And uh, tomorrow night, out west, 1030 on ESPN, Meredith, the Oaks of the Plains of Alabama will make the trek to the west coast, and we'll see how they fit in <laughs> with Berkeley's finest. How That's and hilarious. Auburn on ESPN. Taking toilet paper with them or? I would imagine so. That out there will probably send you to jail, but heroin won't. Six and a half point yeah, favorites right. for the, the Auburn Tigers. The, 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 the street people are going to steal the toilet paper. You know that's that, right, don't that's you? That's right. As soon as they, if they roll something or otherwise, you're going to be that's like, right. the Auburn people are going to leave, and then other people will be like in the trees. I'm here, man. Like, like thank you very much. I need some, you know. They get up there in the wrong yeah. force and be like, man, yeah. we can't roll that. Clint says dude. you can poop in the parking lot out there. Probably so, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you probably can. Meredith, who do you have? Uh, SEC. Let me go Auburn. Hugh Freeze. JC. I'm going Cal because it's weird. It's going to be weird. It's weird. I- that's not, a bad, that's not a bad pick. Hey, and, I, and I love you. I think Hugh Freeze is going to do great things at Auburn, but I, I think – it's setting up. It's just they're going to walk out there. It's not even going to feel like this an was my toss up. I'm like, I don't know. Let me just go with the SEC. Yeah, yeah, you're going, Phil. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going Auburn too. I'm going Auburn, I'm going Auburn but this game's going to give some people strokes in the state of Alabama. <laughs> the Yellowhammer State is going to be wondering what the hell is happening in Berkeley, but they'll get through it and they'll get home and they'll be two and zero. Uh, when they get there. And finally, our game tomorrow night at williams Bryce. time since 1982 Furman will take on the Gamecocks the last two have not gone well for the Paladins being outscored almost 80 to 29 uh Mary will hold off on you JC will South Carolina win the game and if they do what will that look like I think South Carolina went 31 to 20 uh I think it may be it'll be a situation where I think the Gamecocks will get up uh, pretty handedly, it won't be a mistake-free game. And then, you know, Furman, as tough as they are, frustratingly so, will make the final score ugly. You know what I'm saying? So I think 31 to 20 Gamecocks. Phil? Uh, I got the Gamecocks 38-20. 38-20. I don't know if they'll score 38 points or not. I sure as heck hope they will. But I am going to reserve uh, – 
myself from or not allow myself to get that high. I do think that they'll win, and I do think that the defense um, will um, pick it up a notch because they're just better than Furman. I'm not sure how many more answers will be answered or how many questions will be answered tomorrow night, but I'm going to take South Carolina at 34 to 17. And the Gamecocks will be one and one headed to Athens. Meredith? Um, I'm obviously a homer, but I do think the trenches will be improved. I think Spencer has a day. I'm one point different than Phil. I'm going 38-21. But, um, yeah, will it, will it be at night? First home game. Come on, guys. Yeah, I think Spencer's going to have a day. It I think should they be. start out fast and Furman starts pulling people because they got more to play for than what they're doing tomorrow. True. Yeah, I'll I'll be interested to see what the weather does and the type of impact it could have on this game as well. Would not be shocked to see it a little bit more of a lower scoring game uh, for both teams. But Meredith, with that said, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll know uh, by late tomorrow night whether you or Patrick Davis are <laughs> picker number I'm trying one. Trying to come for that record. That's right. Hey, That's right. if you if you have a good week. I have a good week, according to our picks. So I hope you have a great week. And we certainly appreciate the time. McKellar Enterprises, she's training golfers all over the country, not just in South Carolina. If you head to the website, of course, you will figure out that you can send in video, and she'll get you straight. And if you can get to Columbia, she'll really get you straight. Hopefully she gets me straight before we tee it up next month. Absolutely. Association Golf Tournament. You're the best, Mayor. Thank you guys for having me. Y'all have a good weekend. Go Cox. There you go. Meredith. Taylor. And that's it. We are way past time and out of time here on Inside the Gamecocks the show. Oh, I forgot to save a thing. Hold on. Ah, I'll save it till Monday. Okay. All right. We're that's 15 fine. minutes ahead. I got to get this thing out the microwave. Alright. <laughs> it's going to be cold. As the music takes us home here as the music takes us home here on a friday afternoon we hope you all make it safely to and from williams price stadium and we certainly hope you all have a wonderful wonderful weekend thanks to michael flint and meredith taylor for joining us and as always thanks to jc and phil and most importantly all of you check the app tonight for your high school scores and tell your friends to download it make sure that your dixie vodka and your chicken cock whiskey get your tailgate right for tomorrow night. See you Monday at 11 right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndale Co.